I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Stevenson, and I'm really looking forward to welcoming Debbie Romanis today. She's worked as a soft tissue therapist at the London Olympics 2012 and as a team therapist for the New Zealand Paralympic team. She went to the World Equestrian Games in Normandy in 2014. And on top of all her physiotherapy for horse and rider, she's also an ambassador for the Catwalk Trust. This is Horse Hour. Debbie Romanas, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Thank you for joining us all the way over from New Zealand. I am indeed. Thank you for having me. It's great. You've now moved over to the UK. Thank goodness, because why you wanted to leave us and go to New Zealand in the first place. I know. Quite absurd. (laughs) (laughs) But you've done great things over there. So actually, we benefit more because we've now got your expertise back in the UK. So you are a human equine sports therapist, but that doesn't even do you justice for what you really do. Because you've looked after Anthea Dixon, who's a para-equestrian rider. And now where did she go? She went to the Olympics. She did. She did indeed. She went to the London 2012 Olympics. Yep, she qualified in Australia. She had to fly her horse over to Australia and then over to the UK for the for the Olympics. And yeah, I was part of the health team for, for the New Zealand para team. So yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And um, yeah, quite tremendous. So what did you have to do? Did you look after them? Uh, it's basically like two in one, isn't it? Because did yeah. you look after them and the horses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so because I can do people and the horses, then yeah, I, I was... I was it really for for Anthea and there was another another lady on the team as well so yeah I got to look after both the riders and both the horses but predominantly I worked with Anthea. What a cool job. Yeah it was fantastic it was was such a brilliant experience yeah being behind the scenes at the Olympics was was just a dream come true really. Do you ride yourself as well? Yeah I do I haven't done I've just been working sort of making the business go for the last five six years so I haven't actually ridden properly for that time but yeah no I did I evented and then I dressed competitively so yeah I do come from a riding background so well, that's well, helped that's as what well we do, yeah. isn't it we end up yeah. you know businesses come first and the job comes yeah. we have to pay for the horses and exactly. then we find that we don't have time I'm finding myself paying somebody else to ride my horse because I know he needs to be ridden and I don't have the time to do it and then you have the guilt Oh, yeah, the guilt. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, in, in New Zealand, I was traveling 
up and down the countryside and um so I'd go down we would I lived in Christchurch and I would travel four hours down to Dunedin and then seven hours from Christchurch down even further to the bottom of the South Island and then up to the top of the South Island so I was hardly ever home and so I thought having a horse in that you know with me running around all over the place just wasn't going to work so Hmm. so now you're settled are you going to get one here well, that could well be a, a, an option. Yes. <laughs> we won't tell the husband that yet. <laughs> well, the husbands never know until they turn off in the field. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be lovely to get back into it. What would you again, get? Yeah. What type of horse would you get? Um, I would aim for the dressage route. So a warm blood of some description would mm-hmm. be great. Yes. Oh, they're beautiful, yeah. they are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Big, stocky. That's right. Black. Oh, well, who knows? I had a lovely chestnut Dutch warm blood, actually, and he was quite divine. So, yeah, I don't mind what colour. Oh, that's so exciting, because otherwise I'd say, come and ride mine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, there you go. <laughs> so then equine and human sports therapy. This is like a physiotherapy for horses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we often hear this, and we hear of loads of different treatments that horses need, and, and physiotherapy, chiropractic, chiropractors, it's one that's on the top of the list. Quite often, Debbie, we'll spend money on our horses and we won't think about ourselves, Yeah. which is quite the norm. Yes. But with physiotherapy for a horse, would you say that's like a regular thing that, that we should be doing? Yeah, look, generally I I like to think sort of, in the terms of prehab rather than rehab. So we, I want to work on preventing problems happening rather than dealing with problems after they've occurred. So if I can see clients sort of every four weeks or so, it just helps keep us all on track and, yeah, helps everybody know where we're at and try to avoid the problems before they start. Really, that's mm. in an ideal world. Most of the time we're working through a few problems. So I can see clients once a week initially up to then go to fortnightly and then we can go four to six weeks so yeah it just it just depends I mean it's not you know it is a, it's a costly extra on top of everything else but it is definitely a modality that uh, you people really you can really see the re- results of it and mm-hmm. um and it works I always like to think it's a bit of an evolving process you know it's never the horse is never the same Every time you see them, they're always changing. Something's happened and, you know, they're, they're developing or they're, they're always changing. And so um, by keeping up to date with your physio, you can ride along with those changes. And, yeah, works quite well. Do we need to get, because I've spoken to a few people about different therapies lately, and one of them, they yeah. said that they need a veterinary, almost like the go-ahead from a vet before you can do any treatment. Is that the same with physiotherapy? Yeah, that's right. So anything that's not veterinary treatment needs to have veterinary referral. So yeah, the vet needs to say, yep, you're allowed to to go and see that horse. Because that's really bizarre. Because we don't need it for us. So no. we don't. If if I want to go and see a physio for me, I don't need to go to the doctor. I can just phone them and say, you know, my neck's a bit crooked. Can you help that's me right. out? <laughs> and they that's say, right, no, yeah, Amy, you need the... more than that for help. Yeah. <laughs> But with the Veterinary Act, yeah, it, it is a, a law that anybody that's not a vet needs veterinary permission to work on a horse. That's in the UK. It's not, that's not worldwide. New Zealand, I didn't have to have veterinary permission. I worked anyway alongside the vets out there because it was all part of, I'm a big believer in getting the team, the right team around everybody. Hmm. So I would work very closely with the vets, but it wasn't compulsory. It wasn't not, not like it is in the UK. 
So, yeah, in New Zealand, anyone can work on a horse. Oh, really? They need yeah, which to change is a bit their scary. rules, yeah. <laughs> yes, could you imagine do. me trying That's to give a horse a massage? <laughs> They'd be like, I could go around and say, yeah, I'll fix him for you. I won't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's a bit the it's a bit the scary thing, which is why I think they've got it right here. So, who who would be in your ideal team of therapists? Not necessarily people, but what type of things would be in your team for a horse? So, my team really, what I want to get the riders um, hooked into is having the right team. So, the, the team is your farrier, your vet, your body worker, whichever one you choose. It's it's got to come down to what people believe in, what they trust, um, what works. They may have had a modality on themselves, like acupuncture, and they're getting great results, and so they'll try that for the horse. Do you do acupuncture on a horse? You can do, yeah. No way. Yeah. Because yeah. I've had acupuncture and loved it, and it went right yeah. into, the, into the muscles, but I, couldn't, I just don't know why. I couldn't imagine sticking needles in blackjack, but I know that it worked for me, <laughs> yeah. so I guess it would work for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's quite quite popular. There's a few people, few practitioners now. Yeah, yeah. Horses respond really well on the whole. But I guess you can't ride them after these therapy these treatments. Yeah. Again, physio wise, we actually we used to say no, give them a bit of a rest. But we actually, I think it's quite good just to give them a stretch out. Definitely the next day, just give them a walk or a trot stretch just to get the body moving again. And I would imagine it's reasonably the same for acupuncture and but they all have their different sort of parameters they work towards and depending on how much they've had to do or Mm. quite what they've worked on I guess it will it will vary after each treatment but um so my apologies I interrupted you you were in the middle of describing your 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 ideal team (laughs) yeah so your body worker and then saddle fitter dentist um and a nutritionist if you're feeling so inclined just nutritionist sometimes it's quite good for people just to check in and is this for a nutritionist for the rider or for the horse well both ideally mm. i mean we, we as riders we typically are terrible you know and it shows we'll just grab whatever's on offer and not sustain ourselves how we should but um <laughs> yeah so ideally for both of us having a nutritionist in your camp is quite good and often think if you're wanting to change discipline or try something else or your horse isn't feeling quite as you want him to sometimes it's quite handy just to have a nutritionist to to have a chat to Hmm. so yeah so they're probably my key oh and your coach key people in in the health team if you like and they should all be talking to each other it's so important that's interesting because i don't think any of my people have spoken i'm i'm like the the middle person that then goes and says to the vet oh this person said that and that person says that but do you know why because and this is going to sound really bizarre debbie but i'm almost afraid half the time that i'm doing the wrong thing so if i'm choosing a therapist whatever whoever therapist is let's say let's say for example i had a physio i'm always afraid that the other people are going to say well what have you got a physio for like you know you you don't need a physio or what have you got this particular farrier for you don't need i guess i always worry that i'm doing the wrong thing <laughs> so i just <laughs> quietly say to my vet oh i had the physio in the other day and this is <laughs> this is what she said <laughs> but it's all very hidden and very quiet which is just weird i know i don't know why it's, yeah i think and um, so many of us are like that i think there's so much because there's so many we're bombarded with opinions and bombarded with 
what we should be doing and you know in inverted commas like and it's a shame because really for the benefit of the horse and for the horse and rider journey those people like, should be your trusted advisors and they should all be on the same page so that you can they can take you and your horse the right way mm. um all together i mean your farrier problems with the feet will affect how the saddle fits for example and so your your farrier should be talking to your body worker and your saddle fitter your dentist again problems in the teeth will affect how the body is responding or coping so the dentist and the body worker should chat and so the whole thing there should be a real integration of of team members so how do we get them to do that then because they don't even write a letter and i have to say i'm lucky because i do have an amazing team i like calling them the team now i've just got a farrier and a vet and a, and <laughs> that is, that's your team it's good yeah but it, it would be nice if they did write letters and just um, kind of, like you said, talk to each other. That would be amazing because then I'd know that the overall care for, for Blackjack, that's the name of my horse, yeah. they're actually thinking about him and they all can see if there's anything else going wrong or... Yeah, but they're certainly. not doing that. So how do I get right. them talking to each other? Well, then I would, yeah, unfortunately it is the horse owner. I, I put the responsibility on the owner because you're the one that's talking to all of these people anyway. Mm-hmm. So really I would suggest they either leave you with a report of what they've done that you can show to the next person that comes along or, yeah, ask ask each one individually, hey, would you mind, I'm going to share, can I share your number with the farrier just, in, you know, if in case we need to touch base on anything. Just try and open the, the lines of communication, I think. But you're not alone. I honestly, even up to top level sometimes, the teams do not come together from personally how are, as well enough as they should. Because mm. it really it's the only way to, yeah, to help the horses, really. Because you quite often hear vets phoning farriers and saying, and, talk, and they do talk about a horse, but that's only if something's wrong. Yes, But if everything's exactly. good, wouldn't it be amazing if we could send our reports to the vet and say, yeah. I know you haven't got a huge filing system, but can you just <laughs> file all these reports <laughs> with Blackjack? <laughs> but then I guess maybe ultimately we should be doing that because I've had, I'll be totally honest, I've had reports from saddle fitters before and, and genuinely thought, this make, what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to keep it? Um, yeah. So okay. I guess you yes. are. You are supposed to keep it. Yes. It's important. I would definitely recommend you keep keep a file and um, yeah, and ask ask each practitioner to give you a little bit of a feedback of what they've done on that visit and what their plans are and what they've noticed or maybe what's changed from last time. So that then and say, I'm going to be sharing this with with my farrier and with my vet and with my saddle fitter when when they come, and I'm going to be sharing their reports with you. And so. Yeah, it starts to get them communicating, even if it's just through you, even if they can see what the other person's been doing. It starts starts the process. It does, yeah. It's hard for us to have the confidence to do that, though, because, you know, you stand there. I mean, and I, I have an amazing relationship with my farrier. I mean, he's just awesome. Yeah. But I still don't ask. I, I ask a few more questions now than I used to, but I just stand there and go, well, his feet look good. <laughs> and that's it that's my report it's well they're doing well yeah but he does answer questions going along but we don't feel i'm i can only speak 
myself and a few other equestrians that I know we don't feel that we can ask those questions yeah and we feel like we're questioning them we're not questioning them we just want to learn as much about a horse as possible absolutely and now it is tricky and you do have to tread a little bit carefully at times with some <laughs> some of them um so yeah I guess really I would approach it with the farriers I mean they're not they're not going to sit and write you a report the farriers they're just mm. That's not how they that's not how they work. But even if you can just ask them at the end of it, if you you're there, you can scribble down a couple of notes to say no change, you know, standard refit of the shoes or anything, just so that you know that for your file that actually there was no difference in how the feet are wearing or he hasn't had to adjust anything too much so that, you know, going forward that things are things are are the status quo at the moment rather than. You know, I mean, of course, he might he might say, yeah, actually, no, I did have to trim that bit a bit more than I did last time or whatever. And it just starts to build a picture of, OK, well, maybe there's something I need to monitor or something I need to share with the physio or. Yeah, that's really interesting, because if they're leaning more on one foot, for example, they could be yeah. overcompensating for yeah. something else. Exactly right. Exactly right. We yeah. are getting so, this. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. So tip then, tip number one is to get a good team. That yes. They don't necessarily have to know each other. It's whoever you, you no. trust and you believe yeah, in. Yeah, totally. And Absolutely. then the second one is, is keep all the notes and get as much yep. information of, from yep. each visit as possible. Absolutely. History is key. For keeping a horse sound, having the history is absolutely imperative. Yeah, for all the practitioners. Yeah, so keep all their notes, definitely. Yeah. So what happens then if something goes wrong and it's more muscular? Is that where you come in with the muscles? Yes. And you do soft tissue work? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm predominantly soft tissue, which most physios and massage people will be, of course. Um, There will be a little bit of mobilizing of joints just to check their range of movement and to try and get the joints moving a little bit better. But for me personally, I'm predominantly a soft tissue therapist. So can you tell me the difference then? And I mean this in the nicest possible way between I've seen so many equestrian masseuses do massage, but then you've got a physio. And for me, in my in my brain I think physio scientific you're going to have more qualifications you're going to have a scientific background and it is get in there get the knot out get the horse sorted is that how how do you see it yeah so the physios they will have had to have done some human training and I think that that's really quite useful to know that they've actually been through that that train of uh you know had that structure really and knowing that learn the anatomy for people and then being able to train and do the stuff the same on the horses so potentially their depth of knowledge is going to be that much better but having said that the qualifications for your massage now are fantastic and so so long as they've done a practical course not an mm-hmm. online one um then <laughs> that's then, interesting so you can yeah. actually you so we need to be asking it's so difficult though we're going to be asking for qualifications but how do you do that because you feel like you're being rude oh don't you well you do it is I know but then you know you've got the bottom line is you want the best for your horse and it's your money as well and you want to be investing it in the right place so yeah find out just say hey where did you train or what are your qualifications you know Mm. just so you know what you're going to deliver and yeah and go from there it doesn't have to be an offensive question and if someone's qualified they won't be 
They won't mind, will they? They'll no. be proud of no. it. Like, yes, I've got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got an R2D2. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and but then, I mean, that's where it all comes back to the team again. And if you've got a massage therapist, then a professional massage therapist will say, this is beyond me, potentially, if they need to, well, like any practitioner. Like a physio or a chiropractor should say, actually, we need to get the vet in or... This is this is a job for somebody else. So yeah, and it's it's a case of finding out who you get along with and who you trust and who your horse tolerates too. I mean that's a, that's a big <laughs> really. Do they not? Do they struggle then with some practitioners? Yeah, some can. Yeah, I mean some. If yeah, I mean most people that want to work with horses have a have a reasonable, intuitive slant on things you know and they're pretty they're pretty good. But sometimes you will have the odd time when a horse will clash with a with a practitioner so yeah and so how do we know then will the practitioner be professional enough to say you know i'm not the right person for your horse or is that something that we need to keep an eye on as owners because the horse could be reacting to the treatment how do you can tell the difference between whether it's the treatment that's doing that or whether he just doesn't like the person (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah well good question so there will be so overall the treatment should and it can. I mean, I will elicit a little bit. I can elicit quite a strong reaction out of a horse, but it shouldn't be for the entire treatment. Uh. So there'll be a moment of, oh, that was a little bit uncomfortable or whatever. And so you'll get the feedback from the horse then. But then they, you should be able to work around it. And th- If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
through it to get him to a point where he's actually coping again. So Aww. if you've got a sustained level of this is really unhappy or really uncomfortable, then that's when you've got to think, okay, the practitioner potentially should have backed off at that point and gone somewhere else and, and approach things a little bit differently. And so, yeah, if they're not, then I would be, you know, if the horse has gets no, isn't at all relaxed or through the treatment, then there won't be enough benefit from it. So oh, interesting. that's when okay. I would possibly be able to, you know, you can just say, or yeah. just, yeah, just say, oh, I'm not sure he quite coped with all of that type thing. And yeah. It's tricky. That's a it's nice tricky. way to say it. It's better than saying, I don't think he likes you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah. you know. And it's difficult. It's difficult. Difficult for newly qualified people. You know, they're trying, they're finding their strides and trying to figure it out. And it takes time to really learn how much, to, you know, how much pressure and how when to back off. And that's just all experience and reading the horses and yeah. You can't beat experience, can you? But no. at the same time, you know, there's lots of lovely people out there that want the best for the horses and Absolutely. then they're trying and they just need to get, the, unless they get the experience, then yep. they're not going exactly right. to improve. Yeah. Do you work on the whole bit of the horse or is it is it more the back? Is it more the head? Yeah, so I will work everywhere. I watch the horse. I assess it statically. So I just look at it, look at, watch the, look at the posture and assess any asymmetries. And then I'll watch the horse move. So then I get a rough, well, a fair idea, actually, of, of function and dysfunction through the body. And so I know sort of my target areas are going to be. Mm. But my my approach is if there's a dysfunction in one area, then there's a dysfunction in most areas as a result. So I will do all of the horse. The reason I ask is because I've started, <laughs> I've started massaging Blackjack's head. Cool. And I and I saw it once and he had it done on him and it relaxed. And this is where you have to be very careful with trying techniques. I'm not trying to be a, a physio or a massage therapist or anything. I just noticed that he had a little bit of a rub on his head. She rubbed him on his head. This was ages ago. And um, on the pole. And yeah. he loved it. And he dropped his yeah. head and he relaxed. Yeah. So lately yeah. he's had issues with his ears. So I thought, okay. oh, I'll give him a little rub. Just a little gentle rub on his head, on his pole. He fell yeah. asleep in my arms. I know it was amazing he snuggled his head in and full on fell asleep I was like oh I feel like you're a baby and then and he really really responded to that little bit of it was just a tiny bit of pressure and and obviously if he pushed away I don't want to hurt him in any way so if he'd pushed away then I wouldn't have continued but actually he really enjoyed it yeah cool fantastic so Perfect. So going. physio works on the head as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A lot of dysfunction at the pole. Any dysfunction at the pole, which can be through teeth or the jaw, will have a result through the back and into the hindquarters. And so everything's connected. Everything's I'm hearing connected. a lot about TMJ problems as well lately. It seems mm-hmm. that that's. I don't know whether it's more rife, whether more horses are having TMJ issues, or whether we're just hearing about it more. Yeah, sure. But what you do can help with those issues too, can't it? Can it help relax the horse? Yeah, absolutely. So you just, yeah, so you do get a lot of TMJ issues. I mean, a lot of tension under saddle is they can be held in the jaw, you know, and they'll clamp their teeth and try and cross the jaw, whatever. So they do hold a lot of tension at the TMJ if they've got some discomfort through the body 
under saddle or if the training's gone been forced a little bit too quickly or whatever they're not coping typically they will hold a lot of attention in tmj in the jaw so yeah we work I, I do i i work quite quite a lot around the tmj in the pole and again that's when the dentist comes into the team and you just liaise with the dentist and say okay have we got issues here and I don't teeth are not my area of expertise <laughs> at all so I'm like okay I need to t- chat to your dentist yeah <laughs> um, and just to see I mean quite often they'll say oh yeah yeah that's a bit misaligned in there and we're working through a few issues but predominantly I guess you're working on saddle fishing and the back and yeah. that kind of area yeah exactly just trying to make the back as really the the main goal is to make everything as mobile and as functional as possible. And yeah, and that's what, so we'll try and get the back, each segment of the back doing what it should do. And then, yeah, helping the muscles to fire up or let go or whatever they need to do. And then give the rider techniques under saddle to, to help, help all of that as well. So, because really good riding is the best physio you can give your horse. Oh, really? Yeah. If you're riding it well, well, then yeah the body will be a lot happier and, and stay a lot happier so well, black I try got no hope will <laughs> 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 be fine <laughs> so I, yeah I try and, and work with riders but know what they're doing stuff as well <laughs> <laughs> makes your life a whole lot easier <laughs> oh funny um yeah you know and we'll use trotting poles and we'll all sorts so that then actually the horse has to use himself in the way we want him to and it doesn't all rely on the rider so you, you'll be fine you'll be fine <laughs> so you help, you help teach the not not teach you're not a coach but again i guess working with the coach you're then saying right the horse needs more strength on its right side exactly yeah so then you work with the coach and you say yeah this movement or a bit more of this or a bit more of that a bit less of this and yeah and then yeah we physio them that way that sounds amazing thank you yeah. <laughs> oh, you're also here to tell us about a new charity and it is quite oh, we've gone from fun to emotional now Um, It was brought on because of an accident. Now, tell us all about it. So you are ambassador of the Catwalk Trust. That's right, I am. So the Catwalk Trust was set up by Katrina Williams. She was a four-star eventer for New Zealand. She did badminton and the European Championships. And then, very tragically, she had a rotational fall on a friend's horse actually out in New Zealand on a cross-country course in New Zealand Mm. and then it has ended up as a tetraplegic so she fractured C6, C7 so at the base of her neck and severed her spinal cord Um, Gosh, how on earth did she survive that? Wow, yeah That's incredible Yeah, I know So, yeah she's, she's a phenomenal woman So she's a tetraplegic and she made it her mission that she wanted a cure and she wanted a cure for everybody. So she started in 2005, she started the Catwalk Trust just with a couple of friends and um, it's grown to be a really significant charity. Um, They've raised over $6 million, which is about £3 million. And what they do, they invite scientists to submit proposals for research And then they work with a neurological advisory committee who will assess those proposals 
and then they will come to an agreement on who receives the funding that the Catwalk Trust have raised, mm-hmm. and then they will go ahead and the science scientists will head up their research projects. So really, they're raising funds to support the research into finding a cure. So into finding yeah. a cure for for spinal cord injury. So okay. their their aim is that um, spinal cord injury doesn't mean paralysis for life. Mm. Um, they're yeah, they're really pushing. What pushing the research lady yeah she's hand cycled the new york marathon oh my she gosh. has hand cycled up to base camp at everest <gasps> um yeah she's quite tremendous quite tremendous and um she was honored on the queen's list she's a member of new zealand order of merit and things i mean she really she really has just launched this charity and um zara phillips and mark todd are patrons and oh. there's a few um key rugby person at all blacks that are patrons as well in new zealand wow and, uh, yeah. yeah it's an exciting charity does really she still exciting. ride now no you see so so my involvement really came through working with anthea mm. dixon at the at the olympics and because we the new zealand high performance were quite keen to have katrina on the on the para team you know mm. they thought well that would be perfect but no, she wasn't keen to. She, you know, if she couldn't ride how she used to ride, she didn't want to go back to that. That's fair so. enough. I get that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Whereas for Anthea, riding was the only thing that kept her going. The mm. thought of being able to get back on the horse got her through her, all her rehab and has been the one source of of joy really since her accident. So. Yeah. So she, she, oh gosh, so she had an accident as well. Yeah, Anthea did. Yeah, which, I mean, hers, she was just leading her horse back to the paddock and it was down a bit of a steep ish hill and he stumbled and fell and fell on top of her and she ended up sort of at the bottom of a gully, (gasps) bottom of a ditch with him on top of her. He finally scrambled up and she thought, okay, I'll get up and check he's okay and figured that she couldn't move. And um, I know, was stuck there for a couple of hours before someone (sighs) found her. And um, yeah, so Anthea is a paraplegic. She fractured T10-11, which is about bra strap level. So she, yeah, her legs legs don't work, but her arms, everything above the, above Mm. the waist, these women are incredible they are absolutely incredible because not only are you going through that that horrific trauma to be able to just deal with that to get over the fear to build the confidence to be able to have enough fight and enough oomph in you to get your muscles working enough to get back on a horse it's insane i spoke to heather bennett she's a great british para dressage rider and and she had an accident too she had the same and she said that it was just the constant there was no option she was going to get back on no matter what and it sounds like anthea had a similar mentality definitely yeah by weeks she had four months in a spinal rehab unit hospital and by on week nine she said to the doctors well i think i need to get back on a horse about now (laughs) they were like i don't think that's really advisable and she's like nope i have to i have to and so she did they went out to the rda and she was thrown onto the horse and she said she got back to the spinal unit with the massive smile on her face Mm. and she didn't falter through the rest of her rehab program and got out and she 
got a horse and yeah away she's gone it puts us to shame really there's us that are able to ride and you know are too too afraid and worry about and have confidence problems and you know scared of a paper bag and then they go through all this and and they still get on it's amazing it's just remarkable and she's you know I've spent I've been fortunate enough to spend time in her company and she's honestly the yeah such an outstanding well she's the same age as me she's 34 she was this happened when she was 24 10 years in a wheelchair she's done the olympics and the world games and um yeah just incredible she took herself to germany she trained in germany she was driving on the wrong side of the road around germany and um yeah she's it's just brilliant you know yeah they're quite remarkable so when when they said, you know, that would you be an ambassador for the trust? I just, I was so honoured because it's, mm. it's really close to my heart. It, it really is. And um, to, yeah, to think what these guys would do if we could get them out of a, a wheelchair and back on their feet. Oh, it'd be incredible. What they've achieved, you know, after all, as you say, through going through all that trauma. Yeah, incredible people. So they're huge. They're obviously huge. Do they do events and things that we can go to and and help raise money? How can we help? Yes. So, well, that's why I'm here. Well, that's not why I'm in in the UK now, <laughs> but it's all sort of come to to yay, I'm in the UK, so I can. So that's my job now as an ambassador over here. So yeah, because in New Zealand they organise all sorts of amazing events. They have massive black tie events. They, you know, the All Blacks, as I said, because some of them are patrons, so they do. They're really involved in fundraising events. So yeah, that's that's kind of my my project here. Oh, um, exciting! So we can now. make plans yes. now, Debbie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly, and because um, I want to, yeah, yeah, take it to the take it to the to the country here really and and get people on board i mean i know there's there's lots of of charities that are working you know a lot of them are working to help the rehab side which is amazing mm-hmm. but i think pushing for the research into a cure i think yeah that's a, a vital part of what's needed so well every charity does an amazing job and they all do quite different things and and it's a this side uh, catwalk trusts mission i guess i haven't i hadn't even considered you know research into curing it would be it's just insane it's amazing exactly so what, what events then do they do over in new zealand that you might think could be fun to bring over here um, well, good. Well, good question. They do. They have black tie dinners. They have big guest speakers come in, motivational speakers. They are running. They're organising a team to go to the New York Marathon again this year. So all of that's for fundraising. Right. Um, so we need then. We need our team of horse hour. We need a motivational speaker. We need yep. someone who's fit who will run a marathon. <laughs> right. <laughs> we need somebody that's really famous. Anyone? Yep. Anyone famous? Um, yeah, Carl Hester would be awesome. That would be amazing. Yes, Carl, Carl Hester. Hester, come forward, please. That would be lovely. We need the support of the British Equestrian Federation. We do. We and do. we're laughing. We're laughing. We're home and hosed, exactly. And we need a good party, please, Debbie. We, a, a great party. That's key, I think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right, we've got Zara Phillips as patron. We can, and Mark Todd. So, surely, with those two, we can create a good party and create good <laughs> exposure <laughs> for the trap. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and, yeah, all sorts of 
possibilities. In the meantime, until we, because I can't wait to hear what you plan because you look so much fun and I think these parties could be awesome. (laughs) And the events could be awesome. So in the meantime, if we want to help, we want to donate. How can we do that? So the easiest way really is to head to their website, which is www.catwalktrust.org.nz and all the information there on how you can help you'll find online on their on their website can you just repeat that for me it's not their website anymore it's our you've got to say it's our website our because website. You are the- <laughs> <laughs> our website for the catwalk trust is www.catwalktrust.org.nz so their twitter handle is at catwalk trust and it's the same on facebook and, and if you facebook. just search on instagram and yeah it'll being catwalk trust on there as well yeah oh debbie thank you so much it's been a pleasure talking oh, to you well thank you so so much yourself for having me this was being that's been great and honestly if we can yeah raise the awareness for helping catwalk trust that would be incredible so thank you well, our pleasure we've got another section on our website called champions so catwalk trust is going on to the champions section oh. along with a couple of our other favorites which is the yeah. mark davies injured riders oh, fund brilliant because they do so you know it's helping yeah, riders it aligns but, really well yeah yeah and then horse charities as well like the blue cross and hope pastures and um, so you'll be on there so all your details will be on horsehour.org and links through to to donate as well if people want to donate they can donate on your website so that's on our website so thank you very very much can we follow you on twitter are you on facebook or twitter yes i am indeed db muscle therapy so at db muscle therapy and we can book you as well can't we if we need a you can you can indeed absolutely yeah thank you so much debbie thank you see you bye bye Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Isn't Debbie just lovely? I'm really hoping she'll join us throughout the Paralympics Rio 2016. It'd be really great to get some updates from her of how she thinks the people are performing and um, maybe things that we should be looking out for while we're watching. Because it's really good, I think, when we're watching the, the world's best riders and equestrians to be able to learn from them at the same time. I've also got some awesome guests coming up over the next month for the Horse Hour podcast including Sergeant Craig from the Metropolitan Police Mounted Section. We always want to know how they train the mounted horses. And um, I always wonder if they're ever available to buy. Because in my head, I'm thinking, uh, well, a horse that's so well trained like that would be an ideal first horse. So I'm going to have a chat with Sergeant Craig about that. Also, HGV training. If you're thinking of getting your horse box license, then uh, have a listen to James who joins us and gives some advice on how to get a license and what the different meanings are as well. I'm also speaking to the Pony Club, the official Pony Club for the UK, because I just love things childlike. I missed out on the opportunity to go to Pony Club because my parents were never very horsey and I got into riding much later. So I'm really looking forward to having a chat with them, seeing what's available for kids, how do children learn and also advice for parents as well. If, if you've got some children that maybe you want to get into riding or you don't know where to take them, then the Pony Club will give you loads of advice. 
You can catch up with old episodes on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk as well as a whole bunch of advice and information, anything related to horses. And there's our calendar as well. If you have a couple of weekends free and you're looking for something to do, then head over to our calendar and see what shows are going on in your local area. And on top of that, if you run a show yourself, you can add that to our calendar. You just have to click add event. Loads going on at Horse Hour. I hope you have a really lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 